HealthWise. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 4 of the HealthWise Report. This is Thomas. And this is Sarah. Okay, Sarah, you were going to uh, be telling us about a topic, weren't you? I believe lupus you had in mind? I was, yeah. And the reason for that is because we had somebody contact us recently asking for a treatment for lupus. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got an email, didn't you? Did. One thing that I noticed when researching lupus, because it wasn't something that I'd actually come across before, was that in almost every case... When somebody has lupus, they also have parasites. You're talking like 99% of the time, right? Like 99.9, yeah. Yeah. You're talking about parasites, little critters. Yeah, that's right. Yummy, okay. Yeah. Actually, about 85%, some sources say 95% of the American public has some sort of parasite due to, well, how often (laughs) we eat fast food restaurants and stuff like that. It's really creepy. And so I actually found a way to detox from parasites or cleanse from parasites would probably be a better term. And I thought that I should probably share that with you guys. You're saying 85 to 95% of the time? Yes. They have parasites? Yeah. And where do we get these little critters from? Inside uncooked food a lot of the time from fast food restaurants, Mm -hmm. from pets sometimes depending on your contact with them and Mm -hmm. how often they go outside, you know? Yeah, it really is a good idea to wash your hands after dealing with your pets. <laughs> or a litter tray. Yeah. Yeah. It certainly is. But anyway, there are three main um, herbs or spices or supplements that are good to cleanse yourself from parasites. Now, it's important that you actually use these three together because, well, some of them kill the eggs and others kill the actual adults and those in the developing stages. And if you don't get them both, you're going to run into problems getting them over and over again. Yeah, I, I just want to interrupt you for a moment here. Um, in my particular case, it's very unlikely that I have any parasites because I drink green tea on a daily basis with cloves in it. I'm pretty big on the cloves. And I believe those attack the eggs, right? That's right. So if you were to drink green tea every day or some other drink with cloves in them every day, eventually you would be parasite-free because parasites generally have a very short life cycle. Yes. And so they're constantly reproducing, you know, their eggs. And if you take something like cloves, for instance, that kills the eggs, then eventually that life cycle is going to end. Yes. And you're free. 
Yeah, having one of these spices in your diet, I mean, especially cloves, is great for you anyway. They have all sorts of different health benefits. But just for a parasite cleanse, you can do this for about 14 days to make sure everything's gone. Mm -hmm. And you should be fine. The three main things are black walnut hulls, wormwood, and the common cloves. Now, where would you get those? You can get them all at a health food store. You in can, you're going to buy them in pill form, right? Yeah. You can also get cloves in a spice rack, as I'm yeah, sure of course. you know. Uh -huh. but, but for the other two, the black walnut and the wormwood, you just go to your supplement store, your, your health food store. Yeah. To get those. Yeah. They're available in, at, like, everywhere. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, the black walnut hull and the wormwood and the wormwood would both kill the adults and the children, whereas the cloves will go ahead and kill the eggs. So if you combine these three together for, again, a period of about 14 days, you should be completely clear of parasites and you'll notice a boost in your immune system. You should feel better. Yeah. So we're talking about just maintaining your health a little bit with a parasite cleanse. Yeah. Now, of course, if you've got lupus, it, it's important you get something like this. It's essential. It's vital, if you, yeah. If you expect to get cured of it. But for the rest of us, it's it's not a bad idea to periodically do this. For the average person, what do you think? How often should they do something like this? Well, it depends on their lifestyle overall. Their exposure? Yeah. Hopefully, if they're listening to this show, then they shouldn't be going out and eating fast food too often. Mm -hmm. But the more that they do, that depends on how often they should do it. It's generally recommended that for most people, they do it at least every six months. Mm -hmm. And that should just overall improve their energy levels and their overall health. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, pr help prevent lupus. Yeah. Well, there's absolutely no losing in this situation, you know. It's not like there's some dangerous side effects you're going to get from eating cloves. Yeah. So, why not, you know? Yeah. Head out to the spice rack, make yourself some tea. And let us know if you do this and you have improvements in your health, mm -hmm. too. We'd love to hear about it. Also, um, I like to put cinnamon in my tea with, on occasion, just a touch of cayenne, just where it's barely noticeable. And the combination of the two are excellent for heart health and blood pressure. People don't know that. But uh, cinnamon and, and that's cayenne combined. And cinnamon in particular is great for regulating the blood sugar levels. Uh, it's, it's wonderful for diabetics. Yes. And also the cayenne is good for parasites too. Yes, that is true. I or bad for parasites, depending it's, on how you look at it. bad for parasites. And well, it will also help prevent a sore throat. If you've been exposed, Yes. you are... Uh, you get some cayenne on your throat, drink it, gargle it, whatever method you get it there. Um, that'll usually knock those little critters out quickly. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of other different herbs that can help you if you want to try and make it fast or you want to make sure, which include marshmallow root, um, thyme leaf, uh, garlic, and pumpkin seed if you really want to go all out. But I gave you the three main ones were black walnut hulls, wormwood, and the common cloves. Mm-hmm. Now, lupus is what they call an autoimmune disease. Oh boy, here we go. Yeah. Uh, folks, we're going to tell you something that may be shocking to some of you, especially in the current climate with the medical establishment and our media. There is no such thing as an autoimmune disease. <laughs> Technically, not even AIDS is. There's really no such thing as an autoimmune disease. You see, what happens is, is we all have an immune system. Of course, an immune system that helps us fight whatever in our bodies, and you know that includes parasites, viruses, bacteria, fungus, any invader, any toxin that the body detects as a threat, and pretty much every foreign invader is a threat. The body will seek out a way to attack that threat, and normally what happens is is we get symptoms. We get the runny nose, which is your body trying to flush out your mucous membranes. 
you get coughing, which is trying to clear out through the lungs and the throat area. Uh, you get your ear aches as, you know, there's swelling and inflammation in there as, well, wax is being produced and so forth, and antibodies are going into that area. Anyway, we all know there's a link between symptoms and sickness, and the link is with the autoimmune system. Nowadays, we've come to believe that there are autoimmune diseases because we get into situations in which the immune system appears to be attacking the body. It appears to be doing something bad instead of helping us. The difference is, is the difference between what appears to be and what really is. You see, when an immune system gets overwhelmed, when it gets to a certain point that it can no longer fight like it should, to clean itself out like it should. For instance, if the body is so toxic, if you've got so much crap in you that the cells cannot expel it, cannot get it back to the blood or whatever, what happens is, is the the immune system has to turn on the body. It has to go after those cells. And so, in fact, the immune system is attacking the body because it's the only thing it can do. That doesn't mean there's something wrong with the immune system. That doesn't mean the immune system is a disease. No, it's doing exactly what it's supposed to be doing. And it's doing the best it can to clean the body out. So instead of attacking the immune system, and, and honest to goodness, they do that. Mm -hmm. They actually have entire lines of pharmaceuticals called immune suppressants yeah. that they give to patients to attack the immune system, which is trying to clear the body up. Well, of course, over time, as that, that makes the body even more toxic. So the long-term effects is snowballs. It makes everything much worse. What you have to do with one of these so-called, quote, autoimmune diseases, which, which isn't a disease at all, it's just an immune system taxed beyond its capability, is to fight it at its cause, like you do with anything else. Go after the cause, and that cause is usually toxicity, and it can be from the pharmaceuticals themselves. Yeah, well, I once had a friend a couple of years ago who had asthma, and they wanted to try out this brand new pharmaceutical on him to keep his throat open and mm -hmm. all this other stuff. And so they gave him these pills, and then all of a sudden they said that his Im immune system was attacking his kidneys. All of a sudden, huh? Yeah. How about that? So he had this autoimmune disease, and he'd have to take these immunosuppressants, and so he took the immunosuppressants. I bet the doctor told him his kidney was toxic because of the medication, didn't he? Sarah? <laughs> uh, something like that. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And so then he had to go into the hospital and be on dialysis for a while. And, and this kid was like 16 years old. And was previously healthy, other than ha having asthma. So he had kidney failure. Yes. And and the blame, the blame for that kidney failure was, was his immune, immune system, because mm -hmm. he had an autoimmune disease that just suddenly popped up after he was getting doped mm -hmm. by the doctor. Exactly. What a coincidence, huh? Strange. That it kicked in like that. Yes. Kind of like in the case of cancer patients getting immunosuppressants. For some reason, for some reason, and, and I don't get this, Sarah, after they pump the person full of enough radiation and, and, quote, chemotherapy poisons to kill a horse, for some reason their immune system doesn't work right after that. C can you figure that one out? Isn't it strange? It, it's amazing. And so, of course, the solution, the solution is to put, give them immune suppressants. Instead of doing something about those poisons and the radiation, the, the answer is immune suppressants. Because otherwise, I guess they'd have to acknowledge what they were doing to the patient. Mm -hmm. They'd actually have to come clean about it. And that 16-year-old, by the way, is still actually a part of the system. Probably will be permanently now. Ever since that, he had a kidney removed, and then before he knew it, he had heart problems, he had, had liver failure, and he's been having all these different medications and surgeries for, well, a couple, at least a couple of years now. And and he'll, he'll never be free. No. He'll never be free. Even with our help, you know, people like us, when I say our help, I'm not sure he could be free at this point. If he's got kidney failure, 
Yeah. He's a goner. Mm-hmm. And what do you peg his life expectancy? Maybe 15, 20 years, probably? Something like that. And I mean, when you've actually started removing organs, it's really difficult for, us to go, for the alternative medicine to actually go in and help somebody at that point. Because there's not really much to stimulate anymore. Yeah. And there are points of no return. Yeah, I mean, whatever way you look at it, one kidney is only going to work half as well as two. Actually, he may be able to make it on one kidney. What do you think? He'll, he could be able to make it on one kidney. But he'll but never not, be healthy. Exactly. He'll never be healthy, will he? It's just like like the spleen. <laughs> when they remove the spleen, then they can say, well, they, they should be able to make it without a spleen. Well, they, that means that they're, they're not going to die right then. Yeah. They'll but, just die from some other disorder, like an immune disorder, perhaps, in, in the next 10 years. Uh-huh. Or die from the medication to that disorder that suddenly pops up. Yeah, so just in case you guys don't know, by the way, the spleen is a crucial part of the immune system, even though they say that it doesn't matter and it has oh, oh no yeah. purpose. Heck, it's, it's just like the tonsils in the appendix, Sarah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's just there for no reason, isn't it? Uh-huh. Well, there's a reason that some of these things that they cut out actually grow back Yeah. after they've cut them out. It's, it's very telling. Yes, it is. They grow back. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's kind of like what we covered with the polio epidemic, you know, that there would never have been a polio epidemic without all those tonsilleptomies. Yeah. Because the tonsils are the only organ that generates the antibodies for polio. Yeah. Uh, and so at the time, there was doctors out there that were wondering if the whole thing was a so-called iotogenic disease in which doctors caused it in the first place. Well, they didn't actually cause polio. They just left everyone defenseless against it. They left everyone defenseless against it, and they made it from what would be a case of uh, a severe virus into something that would paralyze people for life. I'm not even sure it would have been severe. I mean, you're talking about a young, healthy child with, with a good set of tonsils. There's no way of knowing, but it certainly wouldn't have had people paralyzed and yeah. dying like I don't think prior to the FDA taking over and the essentially mandating that practically all children get tonsils, there was a serious polo problem. I don't think it was no. a serious illness prior to that. Plus, you know, that they conveniently took the silvers out of the medications, too, which is an antibiotic for viruses. They do exist... All natural ones, like silver, exist, but you're not supposed to know about that. It's bad for business. Yeah, so the combination of removing good antiviral medications like colloidal silver and making tonsillectomies on a ridiculous amount of children led to the polio epidemic. On the bright side, though, they made a hell of a lot of money, didn't they, Sarah? That they did. And then they created a vaccine industry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, they did. Va- vaccines with things like mercury in them, which would produce even more, dise- more quote, diseases and they that they could treat with even more drugs. Uh-huh. And they created the, the vaccine at the same time that polio was already leaving. Yeah. And then claimed it was, it was the, the actual vaccine that had wiped it out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Other countries which didn't have the vaccine were having rates of polio dropping off at the same or even faster rate than the rate in the United States. But somehow they managed to convince everyone that it was the vaccines that had wiped it out. But they control the history so much in this country that no one ever really knows about that. Well, the people that are vaccinated for things like polio generally, nowadays, get it at a higher rate than people who aren't vaccinated. Yeah. Which says something about just how effective the vaccines are. That's especially the case with the flu. You're like... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they, 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 quote, immunize you for a flu that existed last year, uh-huh. for, for last year's dead strain. Yeah. And, and, I mean, even like mainstream, so-called mainstream news sources like CNN and Fox are all reporting that, you know, you're three times more likely or six times more likely to, to get the flu. 
mm-hmm. if you've had the vaccine for it. Mm-hmm. it. They just can't deny it anymore. But yeah, one more time for the parasites. We're going back to that, huh? I just want to just remind people again, uh, because I think this, is, this should be a big topic with the amount of people that have parasites. Well, when you're talking 85 to 95% of the people out there, yeah. I mean, everybody should be interested in this. Uh-huh. The main ones were black walnut hulls, wormwood, and the common cloves. All of which you can find at your health food store. That's correct. And so can you these next four, which are useful, um, but not absolutely necessary. Mm-hmm. And they include marshmallow root, thyme, leaf, and seed, the garlic bulb, and pumpkin seeds. The garlic bulb? You mean garlic, right? Yeah. Okay, the garlic. You're trying to get technical on us. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, garlic's wonderful. Yes, it is. If it's not in your diet, it should be, because it just does so many things. Mm-hmm. Awesome. we got some anti-inflammatory things we, we dug up, too. Yes, for uh, it was for the lupus, but it, it would also be helpful for a bunch of different things. Mm-hmm. We've got some... What is that second one right there? Is there? Um, Curcumin? Yes. Ever heard of that one? It's the long version of cumin. Oh, oh, cumin. Okay, everybody's going to know cumin. Yes. All right, so we've got turmeric. Cumin. Bromelain. I think that's pronounced right. <laughs> uh, which you can also find at a health food store, by the way, people. And cherries. Now, cherries have a story of their own. Yeah, we're going to get back to cherries in just a minute. But we've um, also got colloidal gold. Yes. Which is very inflammatory for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Cherries is an interesting topic. We first, I believe, learned about it from Mike Adams over at Natural News. Yes. Mike's a good guy. We really like him. I'd like to take a break to mention one of our sponsors, Southeast Voice and Data. Make unlimited local and long-distance calls for only $20 a month. Check out sevoiceanddata.com for more information on hosting, back service, and digital phone service. Again, that's Southeast Voice and Data at sevoiceanddata.com. Well, Sarah, about those cherries, we we confirmed that Mike's reports about the cherries were true. And here's the uh, gist of the story, which I found rather interesting. Cherries are more effective than COX-2 inhibitors. Now, for all the normal people out there and mere mortals out there, a COX-2 inhibitor is an anti-inflammatory drug that's given to people with pain issues. Most commonly, they're given to arthritis patients. Ask any arthritis patient who's in the system, and he can surely tell you about COX-2 inhibitors, and he can tell you just how much he's spending and how many loans he's taken out to afford this stuff. Well, how this ties into the cherry story is that cherries, and we're talking about common plain cherries, the ones that farmers grow, are more potent at killing pain than these COX-2 inhibitors are. And it doesn't take a lot of cherries either. We're talking maybe a, a bowl of cherries is the equivalent to getting medication a day, for a day. And it's even easier than that. If you want to, if you don't want to eat a large bowl of cherries every day, and that is a lot of trouble. I mean, both, you know, expense and time, time-wise, to mm-hmm. go get a bowl of cherries every day. You can buy the supplements in the stores. You can go to a health store and buy cherry peels that are concentrated. One peel is like the equivalent of a bowl of, a bowl of cherries. And um, so, you know, there's quite a market there. Well, what happened was these cherry far- farmers found out about it. They, you know, they used the internet like the rest of us. we were able to look up some of the scientific studies that proved, without a shadow of a doubt, that cherries 
are actually more potent than these expensive painkillers. And so they were tickled about it. They were thrilled. They started putting it all over their websites. You know, hey, eat more cherries. Cherries kill pain. In fact, they kill pain better than the pharmaceuticals do. And, you know, if I were a farmer, I'd be thrilled too. I'd do the same thing. I'd want the whole world to know about it. Well, guess what? Guess what happened? You know, Sarah? Uh-huh. You know well, don't you? Doesn't it always happen that way? The pharmaceutical companies found out about it, and they weren't happy about it. Cherries were competing with their drugs. So they contacted their best buddies. and You know who the best buddies are, right, Sarah? The FDA. The FDA. They're friends at the FDA who are protecting us. Uh-huh. Well, so the FDA swung into action. It took immediate and decisive action against the cherry farmers. They sent out they sent out their uh, their nasty gram letters, the uh, you know the ones. Uh-huh. What are those things called? They're, they're, they call them warning letters, don't they? Or complaint letters? I can't remember. Something like that. We have them printed in the magazine. A yeah, couple we, of them. We, but it's the standard procedure. It's like the the letter that informs you that if you don't pander and do it very quickly and suck up, the federal marshals will be out to visit you. Yeah. Okay. Well, all the cherry farmers got these nasty letters warning them that because they had claimed that cherries will help people with arthritis and other issues. That qualified cherries as a drug. Suddenly, cherries could be reclassified as a drug, not because of reality, not because they are drugs, but just because the farmers had claimed that they were useful. That automatically made them a drug, and under the regulation of the FDA, and that if the farmers did not immediately stop making these claims, in other words, shut up, sit down, and stop talking about it, the, the FDA would swing in with the federal marshals and basically confiscate all the cherries and possibly even ban the sale of cherries in the United States as an illegal, unapproved drug. That's how far they'll go with this stuff, folks. And cherries aren't the only incidents. We've mentioned several others, and there are hundreds of cases. Vitamin B17 comes back to mind. I think we mentioned that in our last show. Yes, we did. It was made illegal when it found was found that it it doesn't treat cancer. It cures cancer. You know, I think that it must really get to these pharmaceutical companies when they spend, you know, years and millions or even billions of oh, dollars billions. trying to bribe the FDA into mm. approving their new drug, and then a cherry is and, better yeah, than it, or an almond. And they do, they do. It's, it's basically like the system is set up so that if you want your drug on the market, you better be ready to pay out big time to the FDA. In fact, most of the FDA's funding doesn't come from our tax money. Uh-huh. It, it, it's basically a for-profit organization funded, funded by the pharmaceuticals. And, and we're not exaggerating here. No. This, this is verifiable. Most of their funding comes from pharmaceuticals. Mm-hmm. So that tells you who they work for. Yeah. It, I think it really must hit their pride, though, when they do that much, just to get one drug to the mm-hmm. market and just... Yeah, when they do all of this science, yes, the and science. it's found out that a cherry can outdo them. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is incredible. Yeah, another good example of you know the embarrassment caused by something like cherries is something that's recently been in the news, and that's ginger. Ginger has been discovered, Sarah. I mean, never mind that Moses was using this stuff four thousand years ago, but the modern medicine has discovered that ginger is beneficial. <laughs> Uh-huh. Supposedly, and here's what's rich. They're not giving it to patients to help them to treat, to cure, anything. What they're doing is is they're using it to promote chemotherapy now. To mask the symptoms. Yeah, to mask the symptoms 
of the chemotherapy, which in itself is being used only to treat the symptom, one of the symptoms of cancer, which is the tumors. Uh-huh. So, so they're treating the cancer symptoms with chemo, which in turn has so many horrific symptoms that they're using ginger in addition to their other, quote, traditional medicines. They actually have the nerve to call the new pharmaceuticals even though they've traditional only been around medicines. for like 50 years at most. Yeah. And, then, and then word it as if ginger is a new and experimental medicine uh-huh. that, <laughs> that's it's just incredible. been discovered. Uh-huh. It is absolutely incredible. The word games that they play with the public to get them to be afraid of alternative medicine. Of alternative medicines. medicine while promoting their own stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And their own stuff is so bad, they're turning to alternative medicines to lessen the effects of that. Mm-hmm while at the same time slamming them by saying that they're just complementary to the real medicine. And while saying that they're ineffective yeah. a lot of the time. I mean, it's contradictory in itself. It's, it's ineffective uh, unless combined with their pharmaceuticals. Yeah. But yet their pharmaceuticals can't seem to do it without ginger. Mm-hmm. Can't really suppress the nausea. Uh-huh. We wrote an article um, on the blog recently, which was called, Your Intelligence is Under Attack and Why Everyone Now Has Attention Deficit Disorder. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason for that was because everywhere that I, uh, I've gone online for the past week, I've seen somebody with ADD or ADD symptoms talking about it, whether you just go to CNN talking about different articles, or you go to these different health-related forums. And this isn't an accident. People don't just start getting these brand-new diseases all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it's growing exponentially at the moment. Yes, it is. And the reason is that we have all these different poisons that we're taking into our body now that we weren't taking in that long ago. Yeah, let me let me just cut to the chase for you, Sarah, and that you can feel free to elaborate on it. Okay. One thing that we harp on constantly, and we don't think we can really harp on it enough, is the fact that we're being bombarded by poisons, whether it's in our foods or pharmaceuticals or even in our drinking water, where they're intentionally added there as well. Some of it's unintentionally added, like the high degree of SSRI antidepressants that are showing up in the water now just from people's urine. Yeah, and anticonvulsants are yeah. huge. The thing is, is everybody is susceptible to them to some degree, more or less. They're having a detrimental effect upon our health. In the case of ADD people, or so-called ADD people, people who have ADD have a higher toxicity sensitivity. They're much, much more sensitive to toxins. So the problems that the toxins are causing for us, all of us, they're exaggerated in the ADD person. You see the symptoms much more strongly, but we're actually all experiencing them. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And when you look at the typical lifestyle of a child, which is where ADD is often noticed and diagnosed and medicated, Mm -hmm. well, when you look at their lifestyle, you'll see some sort of pharmaceutical or chemical everywhere. You know, they drink tap water, generally speaking, in the average household, and they go to school, and they're forced to put on these hand sanitizers. Mm-hmm. They're know. just full of chemicals. That's toxic all it is. Toxic chemicals. They're, toxin- they're toxic intentionally, so it'll kill all the germs. Exactly. But they, they don't recognize the fact that they absorb through the skin. They don't wash it off afterwards. They just let it absorb in. Yeah, and they, they make kids do that just before they eat. For their health. It's for their health, Sarah. Uh-huh. Instead of actually healthy. going through the process of actually washing their hands. Yeah, teaching people about hygiene. Who, you know, like you, they used to. Uh-huh. But instead, they don't just, they wipe all these different, any toys and the tables and the chairs with Clorox pads. So they're constantly inhaling bleach Or antibacterials. Yeah. Everything is, is chemical-laced. Uh-huh. In the classroom. 
and then they come home and they'll eat these little goldfish things. I mean, the kids' diet is horrific. If you were to take a chem test into a classroom and wipe stuff down, you would get readings indicating that everything in that classroom was toxic. Yeah. You know, it, and it's ridiculous, but they do this on purpose. They actually just lace everything down, and, and then they say that's for their health, make these kids healthy. Yeah, I think a lot of like the teachers and stuff just don't actually think about it or don't want to think about it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's mandated. Yeah. I mean, the stuff gets mandated by the school systems. For their health. Yeah, you don't want an epidemic now, do you? <laughs> that's why they have to be vaccinated. Yeah, that's why they have to be vaccinated. <laughs> Without taking into consideration that these chemicals build up in the body and actually impair the immune system. If you notice the amount of outbreaks at schools, it's not going down. Yeah. Uh, and the vaccines are part of the problem, too. You know, to causing ADD. It's just another source of toxic chemicals mm-hmm. which kids are being forced to take. We know from the autism link what it does to a brain. Exactly. I mean, there's just no denying it at this point. Uh huh. And that's telling because, you know, I think it was like, I think it was CNN that recently said that ADD kids' brains are underdeveloped. Yeah, they're developing too slowly. Yeah. Certain areas. Well, they're either underdeveloped. Or they've actually been poisoned so much that the brain shrinks like it does with mercury. Yep, you've got the problem with the mercury helping to shrink the, the neurons of the brain on top of the fact that the ADD drugs themselves stunt the growth. Yeah, they're very well known, especially, I mean, the main one, which is Ritalin, which, as far as I know, is the safest one out there, mm-hmm. is known to stunt the growth. Of course, they, they don't use Ritalin anymore because they're allowing generics and other things for Ritalin now, so they're switching over to the new, more lucrative drugs, the new age ones, like the uh, antidepressants. By the way, ADD is not a depressive disorder, Uh but they're treating it as a depressive disorder anyway because the person's happy. Mm -hmm. I mean, of course, the kid's not going to complain if uh, (laughs) he's taking a happy pill. Yeah. It's incredible. Well, it's never the kids that, that complain about many of these so-called ADD uh, symptoms. You know, mm-hmm. when it's not really caused by toxins. Yeah, it pacifies them too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you've got these kids that want to move around a lot, and they're understimulated. Some mm-hmm. of these, that it, where it isn't caused by just a toxin, they're just naturally more gifted, they're yeah. more intelligent, ADD and so it takes more are. to stimulate them. They yeah. generally are more gifted, the ADD people are, and they're more creative. And unfortunately, in this age we're living in, being gifted, creative, and having leadership ability, those are considered vices in the school system. Yeah. It goes against their new policies of groupthink. It's basically a threat of socialism in the schools, like we're seeing everywhere else in our society now. Yeah, well, how many kids have you spoken to, and, they, and you asked them how they were, and they said, well, I'm irritable, and I keep talking over people all the time, <laughs> and, and I want to do all these different things at once. You don't have that. You have the teachers, and the parents, mm-hmm. and, the, and the carers that, that complain about this. Yeah, they, they want their chemical straitjackets. Yeah. To make sure that, that no kid in the class is the clown, or the leader, or shows any creativity whatsoever, or deviates from the program. Yeah. And so what they want are a bunch of quiet, mindless little drones in their classrooms. And some of them do have discipline problems, but that's not being addressed. I mean, the parents are not addressing the discipline, and the teachers aren't allowed to either. So what do they they have left over? They have chemistry. Yes. It's, It's not the way to be running our society. No. I think we're getting slightly distracted here. Our overall point was just how much the general population is being poisoned and how ADD symptoms are popping up everywhere now, not just in these diagnosed kids. Yeah, I mean, and there's been a link between, like, many of the stuff in the water. I mean, there's lead in the water, which Mm -hmm. is known 
to be linked to uh, ADD and hyperactivity, and Mm -hmm. there's also fluoride, which Mm -hmm. I think we mentioned in a previous report, was used by the Nazis as a chemical weapon. Yeah, it was used on their conquered peoples, and actually put in the water supplies, just like it's being done now. It was used to pacify the people, and sadly to dumb them down as well. Yes. To make them not only less willing to fight or rebel, but less able to because they were less intelligent. And that's what's happening to our society, the entire American public. It's having chemical warfare used against it. Well, I mean, have you ever noticed now that there aren't any real leaders that aren't actually part of the government? That aren't you part know, of the system already? Yeah, they haven't actually been there, well, since they left high school, they've already been part of the system. We don't actually have any mentors as part of society. Yeah, we don't we don't have any leaders. What we have are people who were chosen. Yes. And you know, in high school or whatever because they're part of the right family or something. Mm-hmm. And then that person is a politician and Yeah, they're definitely know, they're not government. chosen by us, that's for sure. No, it's not. And I'm sorry if this hurts anybody's feelings, but the American public is so dumbed down right now they don't realize it. Yeah. They don't see how bad it is. They watch T V in some half hypnotic state now yeah as as the program goes on the best thing anybody can do is remove the tv cut the plug yeah we 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 did it in our home we had enough and we're happier and we get more accomplished oh yes it's it's like night and day now uh-huh one thing you may notice about add like the other so-called diseases which they've created which are man-made diseases now is there's no cure <laughs> there, there's no cure technically it's illegal to cure anyone if you even talk about curing. Now, we're, we're, we're in the media. We can get away with it. The rest of the media could get away with it, too, if they weren't being team players, if they weren't part of the program. They choose not to. They choose not to. Or they're too afraid. Mm-hmm. Okay, we've chosen not to be afraid. But technically, it's illegal to cure or even talk about curing, at least for most people, because that's making, quote, unapproved medical claims. The FDA actually has control of our language like that. If you make a, quote, unapproved medical claim, you can be in trouble if you have a product. Mm -hmm. Which means if you're selling an alternative of any kind, and you're not in the system, if you haven't paid your bribe to the FDA, that means you don't get to put on your product what it does. Mm -hmm. You go to a health food store, you know, you pick up, I've got some chamomile here, a bottle of chamomile pills Mm -hmm. in the health food store. It doesn't tell what it does. None of them do. It just says therapeutic. That's it. Uh, this one <laughs> this one actually has, they were a little brave. They put digestive relaxant on it. Uh-huh. Okay. And apparently they got away with that and it's not a medical claim. All right. But you go to the health food store, you have to know what, what you're looking for ahead of time. Yeah. Because you can't look at the packages. Because since the packages compete with the establishment, they're not allowed to make the the claims. Yeah. I mean, all of them have to say dietary supplement because, uh-huh. b- because that's different from a drug. Yeah, you can't call it medicine. Yeah. Even though it is. Uh, and then each one ha- have this little thing on it how it's not been approved by the FDA yeah. in black bold print. That, they're, that they have to put on there to keep the FDA off of them. Yeah, I mean, and I actually read recently. This is, this is to frighten people away. Yeah. Saying it's not approved. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually read the bill. Um, a a week or two ago, which um, allowed dietary supplements to not go through the same process as drugs. Mm-hmm. Now, what it said was that Congress recognizes that herbal supplements and dietary supplements can help prevent disease. 
Oh, you're not allowed to make a claim about prevention normally either. Exactly. And so therefore, you should, legally speaking, be able to, well, put claims about preventing disease. Because that's what the bill said. Yeah, they just ignored it. They just ignore it. It doesn't matter if it's the law or not. Uh-huh. They, they just play it the way they want to. And so, basically, people like us or other Internet sources, it's the, we're the only way to find out about stuff. Yeah. Because you're sure not going to find out about it in the regular media. It's, it's really sad what has happened to free speech in this country. Mm-hmm. It, it's not the way it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the reasons why children so often get diagnosed with ADD it's not just the school system. The, the school systems indeed do want chemical straitjackets for these kids. They don't want a generation of leaders. They don't want innovators. They want drones for this new society that's coming, this new world order. Yeah. This new collective communist-type government we're, that's approaching us very rapidly. Yeah. Um, but that's not the only reason children get diagnosed. It's also because they're specifically targeted. This new generation of kids is targeted for poisoning. Look, look at what they're putting in their mouths now. They've got, look at their candy. Every candy has artificial colors now. And they're like, they're either really toxic synthetic chemicals or they're petroleum-based. Either way, well, it's actually, really bad. Actually, not everyone, just everyone in this country. You see, these same brands have removed artificial colors in countries like England. Because they don't tolerate it over there, do they? Exactly. They found studies linking it to ADD, and the public went crazy about it. Mm-hmm. And so... But the media doesn't mention it here. Not over here. Because the media is working for these same companies, who, who after their health reports, they have all these pharmaceutical commercials on every night. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not just the colors, people. It's the flavors. And, and let me tell you this one. Here's another one. Watch out for, quote, natural flavors, or, quote, all-natural flavors, because they're not natural. Okay, that's another word game played by the FDA. Sort of like the trick they do with the, the word spices on an ingredients list. Yeah. If <laughs> if it was food related at some point before it got to the chem lab, it can be, quote, spices. Which would include, like, MSG and high fructose corn syrup. Oh, my gosh. I don't even... Listen, Pretty much even anything you can think of, Yeah, anything right? you can think of. The same as under all natural. If you look up on... If you look up online, the FDA has redefined what these things mean. Uh-huh. Look up what all natural means. Uh, do you remember exactly what the definition was? There is no definition for all natural by so they, the it FDA. It can be anything they want. Now, the USDA has one for its meat, which actually makes sense. It's minimally processed, doesn't have you know, any, anything that mm-hmm. we deem artificial in it. But, but the FDA refuses to acknowledge that the consumers would like something. Mm-hmm. which actually identifies what all-natural is. The, the, the Sugar Association in this country has petitioned to get a definition for all-natural, so has the consumers for science in the public interest. Mm-hmm. Um, but since they won't define it, the FDA allows anyone to legally refer to anything as being, quote, all-natural. That's correct. And watch out for that when you see, quote, natural flavors, because they're not natural, folks. Yeah, well, high fructose corn syrup has been taken to court over this. I mean, 7-Up mm. at one point was labeling their products all natural. Well, if it's made natural. with sulfuric acid, I don't consider that all natural. Do you, Sarah? I don't know why. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you, you never can get enough sulfuric acid in your diet, can you? I know. There was, there's been a bunch of different companies that have been taken to court over putting high fructose corn syrup in there and it being labeled all natural, and they ended up having to either change their labeling or remove the high fructose corn syrup. Capri Sun was one of them. 7-Up got sued. Yes. Because it was, quote, all natural, and... <laughs> now it just says natural flavors. Just the flavors are natural, not the other ingredients, As right? As if a sweetener isn't <laughs> a flavor. 
<laughs> the word games they play. Yeah. Oh boy. Which reminds me about the sugar thing. Let's just—it's worth mentioning again. When you say here's another word game they play. When it's pure sugar or pure cane sugar, that identifies it as impure and chemically synthesized. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's been altered. It's been bleached. It's been processed in multiple ways. If it says pure, it means the sugar is not pure. Look for what is it? A uh, evaporated cane. Evaporated juice. cane juice. That's right. You- if it's evaporated cane juice 100% then it's actually pure and unadulterated yeah if it's actually bright white you know <laughs> you know it's not natural yeah. it and doesn't here, come out like that here's what's rich about it if it's the real sugar that's unadulterated mm-hmm. and in moderation it will not hurt a diabetic no isn't that incredible in fact it can help to cure a diabetic yeah. that's another story but yeah we could it in a previous uh, it actually show. takes the, the burden off the pancreas so it can heal Yes. If taken in small amounts. Whereas if you take the new synthetic insulins, they'll attack the pancreas and kill it so that you're a permanent, quote, consumer, consumer, uh-huh. consumer of the medical establishment. They like it that way, don't they? Yes, they do. It's like your local drug dealer. You know, you get them hooked, you've got a lifetime customer that way. Uh-huh. Also, let's mention the uh, radioactive foods, which are becoming more and more common nowadays. They don't tell you that, and unfortunately, um, without this knowledge... People need to take a Geiger counter with them to uh, the grocery store mm-hmm. to check their foods out. Yeah. We did an article about irradiation, and I believe it was issue three mm-hmm. of the magazine. Yeah. They're playing all kinds of word games with that as well, so they don't have to label them. Yeah, that's what I was about to mention, the fact that if <laughs> if an irradiated product is inside another product, it doesn't have to be irradiated. For instance, if you've got coleslaw and the carrots are irradiated, they don't need the labeling. But if yeah. they've got them fresh, right now they need this label, which looks like uh, it looks like it should be the organic label. It's a little plant under the sun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's what it means. Yeah. Which just shows you it's all about deception. Yes. It really is. The way they're getting away with the whole irradiation thing is if they irradiate all the ingredients, but don't irradiate it after it's mixed, you know, put together, uh-huh. then they don't have to label it. That's right. Because they've, they just irradiated all, or made them radioactive, all the ingredients separately. Yes. Which is not the final product. Mm-hmm. It's all about deception. For one thing, people should probably stay away from store-bought mayonnaise. Well, yeah, I mean, we were going to go out and make our own. And the reason for that, we didn't know anything about this irradiation, was because all the mayonnaises we could find contained soybean oil. Yeah, god-awful soybean, genetically engineered. Yes, but it seems oh, like... Yeah. Um, a huge portion of it is genetically engineered. Pretty much it's all horrible of it. for the hormones. Mm-hmm. I mean, soy is just not a good thing. It's poisonous, okay? It, it, yeah, before it's enhanced, it's, it's poisonous. Uh-huh. Um, so we were going to make our own, and so I was looking at the recipes on the internet, and all I found were recipes in which you use raw eggs. Egg whites, specifically, right? No, both egg whites and egg yolks. Okay, sorry. Depending on bad. the recipe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I was thinking, well, they can't put raw eggs in something in the stores. Yeah, what do they salmonella do? salmonella and other issues? Yeah, they get sued like crazy whenever someone got Can sick. Can you imagine the outbreaks? Ex- one one batch of eggs with salmonella would infect millions, millions of jars. Exactly. I mean, it's not just salmonella, it's salmonella either. That's just, you know, one of the worst ones, one of mm-hmm. the most common. But raw eggs are just not good for, ba- I mean, well, they're great for bacteria, you know? <laughs> yeah. Not um, good for us. So I was doing some research, and then I started seeing people who said 
that you can buy, quote, cold pasteurized eggs. My goodness, Sarah, what does that mean, cold pasteurized? Cold pasteurization is another term for irradiated, zapped. Okay, so you, you throw in the uranium and the plutonium, huh? Yeah, and the irradiation, by the way, is easily enough to kill an adult horse, the amount that they use, mm-hmm. w- without a problem. Y- you think of it and you think it's a tiny bit <laughs> of irradiation, maybe it won't do anything. No, it'll kill a horse. You have to wonder if the uh, workers go home glowing. Yes, indeed. I'm sure they're wearing some nice spacesuits. I bet they are. Um, so, so in other words, every time you eat mayonnaise, where it's got, and you'll see on the ingredients that it has usually egg whites and store-bought in it, they're not raw eggs, and they can't cook them because Those it destroys Those are radioactive it. eggs. It's a radioactive product, yeah. Yeah. Well, they they claim. This is one of their excuses. They claim that well, the radioactivity just dies off really rapidly. Uh-huh. Okay? Now, even so, let's look at the numbers here. The, If I remember correctly, the amount of radiation generally used, the standard dose, is 200,000 times that of an adult x-ray. Okay? That's a big number, folks. We're talking six zeros, five, the five zeros only, mm. for 200,000. All right. And they say that it drops off by half, roughly half, in a 10-day period, almost two weeks. Uh-huh. So if you drop off half of it in two weeks, of it sitting on the shelf there, you've still got the radiation of a 100,000 x-rays. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Just, let's just pause for a minute. Let that sink in. After two weeks, it's still got the radiation of a 100,000 x-rays. And for just one x-ray, you notice all the techs in there, they stand behind the uh, the lead wall and put lead suits on mm-hmm. and then they cover you in lead everywhere mm-hmm. for one x-ray. Uh, multiply that by a hundred thousand times. And you're not just being exposed to it, you're, you're taking it into your body to be absorbed by all the cells in your body. Yeah. I mean, and nobody can even really imagine or grasp that this is just this is just the regular bottle of mayonnaise. This is normal. This is the standard procedure. Uh-huh. Um, which is why we're making our own now. Yes. We're still perfecting it, and when we do... We're going to put it online. We'll put it online. Yeah. We're using corn oil instead of soy in it. Yes. And one reason is, is corn oil, before it's processed, before it's turned into high fructose corn crap, mm-hmm. okay, when it's still in its native state, it's actually healthy. Yeah, as long as it's not actually cooked. It's not cooked, it's not processed, it's not turned into high fructose corn syrup. But really, I think what we're going to end up using, and will be better, is um, extra light olive oil. Mm-hmm. Now, the I don't know most people don't actually realize the differences between these different olive oils. Well, extra light means the least flavorful, which is the reason that we, we, weren't, we weren't using regular extra virgin olive oil. Yeah, for we don't this. want it to alter the flavor of the mayonnaise. Exactly, and extra light olive oil will have much less flavor. Because, mm-hmm, you know, mayonnaise has a lot of oil in it. Yes, it does. It really does. It is the primary ingredient, I believe. Yeah, but our eggs are non-radioactive. That's, that's right. They're organic. Another thing is Pepto-Bismol. You know, a lot of people take that for an upset stomach. And again, we might want to mention ginger. It's almost good enough for the medical establishment now that it's been discovered. <laughs> yeah. That it's been discovered, yeah. But Pepto-Bismol is another good thing. Or actually, a, a good topic, but a bad thing. Yes. Pepto-Bismol is also made, well, through the nuclear industry. Yes, it is. Do you remember exactly how they make it, Sarah? I don't remember exactly. But it is radioactive. 
Yes, it has been verified that it is radioactive, for uh-huh. sure. And, folks, that means if you don't believe us and you happen to have a Geiger counter laying around, well, check out your Pepto. I mean, you can do your own research, too. Just run it through a search engine with Pepto-Bismol radioactive, and you'll see that it is. Well, you know, Sarah, this could be a good thing. I mean, after all, radiation treats cancer, right? That's right. It could be like having your own little testing yeah, thing. It would be like... If you took Pepto every day, it would be like having an x-ray or a mammogram every day of the week. It would be like their sort of preventative medicine. Preventative medicine, that's right. It's interesting, these women who are getting these mammograms have such high rates of breast cancer, isn't it? Isn't it? And the fact that cancer's dropping off now that people are starting to avoid mammograms. Because they can't afford it. They can't afford it. I like to think we're doing something. Yeah. I like to think we're doing something. You know, the cancer rate's dropping off, and they're saying, well, it's just not getting detected. Well, even if that were true, these women aren't sick. Yeah. They're living happy, healthy lives. So would chemo really benefit them? And in their mind, it would. (laughs) It would. They've, like, brainwashed themselves in a lot of cases Mm -hmm. that even these people who show no symptoms, if they've got cancer, we have to get it at the earliest opportunity. I remember something on the topic of saying people are too poor now to get mammograms. We found out, and... And this was covered by the mainstream news. We actually saw this on CNN. This was CNN, yeah. We saw this on CNN. So we have to wonder how much they're downplaying it, uh-huh. how, how big the numbers really are. They admit, they admit now on their health, health section, no less, that 60%, I'm going to repeat that, 60% of the bankruptcies now are due to medical bills. It, it's, it's not because of predatory lending. It's not because of the bank. It's not because of these outrageous mortgages. Like like they keep talking about on TV, okay? 60%. That's six times in ten. It's none of those things. It's the medical establishment. You know there's something seriously wrong with medicine when it's ruining people's lives <laughs> like this. It I took mean, everything. Taking everything. Yeah. And some of these doctors and hospitals, will, will just they don't think twice about taking people to court, no. taking everything they own to pay their, their medical bills for their, uh, quote, treatments that are perpetual. Yeah. I guess somebody has to pay all that money for the, to buy the spacesuits, you know, that they have to wear for chemotherapy, and, to and the, you know, all the shielding that they have to put up in place, and mm-hmm. and pay the pharmaceutical companies and, yeah, to bribe and, the FDA. And you know, plutonium does not come cheap, does it, Sarah? No, it doesn't. I think they're sickening. Uh, I really do. We were just reading about the elitism in the medical establishment too. That um, they actually have a term. Yes. Patient compliance. That's a quote. Patient compliance. Isn't it incredible? They actually have a term. For how obedient you are. Yes. And they'll actually drop a patient if yep. they're not, quote, compliant. If, you, if you're disobedient or too argumentative, they have punitive damages for you. They may threaten to stop, quote, treating you. And then frame that as you're going to die. Uh-huh. You know, it really is. It's almost like putting a gun to your head. Because people believe this stuff. Yeah. They actually... People are so brainwashed. Well, I mean, these are the people who come back to the doctor and they're saying, I have this bad reaction to this drug, I need to do something else. Mm-hmm. And the doctor will say, no, I'll up your dose, you don't have enough. Yes, you know? it's too little. Yeah, like in the case with Chris Pittman, and he was put on Paxil, and he started feeling like he was burning all over. He started running around, he was going crazy, he was having migraines that he'd never had a migraine before. You know before. what it could be? It could be the drug is being neutralized by the immune system because there's an autoimmune disorder, Sarah. <laughs> yeah. 
Mm -hmm. And Chris was 12 years old, so they upped the dose, and, like, I think it was two days later, he snapped and killed both his grandparents. Yeah. You see, we talk a lot about toxins here, and we make the mistake, we're guilty of this, just like everybody else is, of, of focusing in on the physical effects, what it does to a person's body. What we neglect so often is to talk about how these poisons affect people's minds. And almost every toxin has an equally strong effect on a person's mind long-term effect, yes. affecting their intelligence, their personality, their ability to focus and concentrate, which, you know, I don't even need to go there. I mean, just look at the whole ADD thing like we talked about earlier. Yeah. And like what happened with the Germans and the fluoride and what's being done here and all these other toxins coming from all directions at us, folks, this is no coincidence. It cannot be happening by accident. Yeah. Some of this is well-planned and thought out. It is to dumb us down to pacify us. Absolutely. I think it's happening here at such a level because America, with its Bill of Rights, is the single greatest threat to the New World Order. Yes. To a one world government. It's the last hope. America really so, is the last hope. Yeah. And they're doing their best to eliminate that. Yes. To, to stupefy us. Uh-huh. Uh, through the use of the media and stuff, they're desensitizing people to ignoring the, the Bill of Rights and the Constitution. Yeah, it is. Oh, well, they're they're just crapping all over it, Sarah. Yeah. I mean, it started with the, the Patriot Act. And, you know, what's happening now with this boy and his family who is being forced at gunpoint to have cancer treatments, showing that the state has power even over families. Yeah, Daniel Hauser. Yeah, and threatening to break the family up if they don't comply, if they're non-compliant. Yeah. I notice the media's not talking about that much anymore. And I wonder if that's because they're killing him. He was doing all right. Mm -hmm. And now they're killing him. Well, I did read one article just after he got his next chemotherapy session, and they said that he, quote, wasn't responding well to the chemotherapy. And we know what that means. Yeah. They mentioned that the kid was really angry that he was having to go through it all over again, mm -hmm. the pain, and throwing up constantly. Not responding well to the treatment is is a, a way to sugarcoat that the treatment is killing him. Yes. But you know what they're going to do? They're going to give him even more treatments now. Yes. To make sure he, quote, responds uh -huh. to them. Until he does. Until he does. And if they don't get him this time, if they have a, quote, success, mm -hmm. the leukemia that this treatment caused, it'll get him later on. And if not leukemia, something else. There is no long-term survival for cancer patients who go through the system. Yeah. Well, I mean, with this whole uh, to the elitism that's in the medical industry, I mean, patients aren't allowed access to their own medical records anymore. Did you know that? Yeah, I heard about it recently. I mean... Yeah, you're not allowed to your own information because you might get in the way that way, right? Not unless you've got permission. Permission, yeah. Because the doctor, the doctor is God. I mean, when did the doctor become like an authority figure over... over you. To yeah. command what you know, what you do, and even get the courts involved if you don't obey. I mean, you have the choice to get treatment or not. I, I mean, it's insane. Not anymore. Uh -huh. Not anymore, Sarah. And we've said this warning before, and we'll, we'll say it again here. If you've got a child who's really sick, beware of taking him to the doctor. I think in most cases you, you better damn well try to research it yourself first or find a naturopath who can help you first, okay? Find out about it in some way other than going to your regular local MD. Because once you go to your general practitioner with your really sick child, you are under his jurisdiction now. If he doesn't like you, he doesn't like what you're doing, or you've got the audacity to argue with him, he can call the court and have your child taken away from you. And they do this not to help the child, but it's, it's like a way to enact revenge upon people. 
Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a vendetta thing going on. Uh-huh. That it's just their their sheer arrogance. Well, they don't even need to take you to court now. No, not until like a month or so later. They can separate you right then. Just call the social services and have the kid take him away. You mean they don't even have to get a judge order anymore? Well, they go to the judge order when when they have time for it. You know, in a month or so. And in that time, you're separated away from your child. What do they do? Just go to the magistrate and talk him into it? I guess. You don't know. No, no, no. But but the, you have seen cases where they yeah the, the uh huh they just w- where I think the, the the case that springs to mind was a case in which um, a couple of parents didn't want a vaccine mm-hmm. in a hospital and they had the right to to refuse that by the way well, and the doctor called the social services in well they pretend like you don't have that right yeah but you do everybody thinks that. that Everybody thinks it's mandatory now, Sarah. I mean, you, you mm-hmm. talk to people, like, know. we're getting our mandatory vaccines. Like, there's no way out. Uh-huh. Yeah. But, I'm just, sorry, I'm sorry. Go just ahead. Just how to get out, by the way. Just go to thinktwice.com. They're a great source, and I'll mm-hmm. tell you just how to do it. But anyway, these two parents refused, and so the social services came in and just took the, the infant away. I there mean, it's just, been just medi- been born. Was that medical neglect, Sarah? Th- that was, was medical that? neglect. Uh-huh. Yeah, for hepatitis B. Yeah, because you never know when that little infant's going to get a venereal disease, do you? I mean, it could just happen any time at the hospital. Yeah, the hepatitis B vaccine is, like, useful for, like, seven years. Yeah. Uh, and the so only you're, way you're, to catch it is through, like, an STD yeah, so, or through drugs. So they're assuming that that infant might become sexually prom- promiscuous before age seven. That's why they're giving them the vaccine. Or that they might, you know, start using, using drug needles. Before age seven. Before age seven, yeah. Oh, my gosh. The parents did fight and win that one, by the way. I just thought I'd let you know that. Every once in a while we get a win. Yeah. Mm. Okay, folks, in this issue of the report, we've hit on radioactive compounds a lot. Fortunately, they are in our foods now, and we have to be careful. Another source of radiation is microwave ovens. We've sort of forgotten the fact that they work off of radiation. And we assume that if the microwave is shielded enough, the shielding will protect us, and then the radiation will be gone almost instantly as soon as the microwave is turned off and the food is taken out. But as in the case of radiated, radiated foods, that's not the case. And not only do they remain slightly radioactive, which actually isn't the biggest danger here in this case, but the foods that are cooked in microwaves are actually altered, chemically altered, during the process. It's a chemical alteration that doesn't happen during normal heating. It only happens during radiation exposure. Mm-hmm. And when something is exposed to radiation, especially high amounts enough to heat it up, it produces what are known as radiolytic compounds. Yep. There are other chemicals that are produced too, but there's a special class called radiolytic compounds that do not occur anywhere in nature. And because they don't occur anywhere in nature, our bodies are not designed to handle them. They are, by their very nature, a carcinogen. I can't even say it right. Carcinogenic? Carcinogenic, yes. I can't even say it today. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. But that's not the only thing. There are other chemicals, and in particular, benzene is also produced. And I'm, I'm not kidding, folks. You can look this up. If you microwave something and heat it up, there will be benzene in it. The proteins, uh, is it the proteins that break down into benzene? I'm not, I don't remember exactly. I'm not sure. Okay, but... but the important thing is, is if you cook your meal in the microwave, you're going to have benzene in it. And benzene is one of the most carcinogenic... <laughs> I didn't do it right again, did it? <laughs> Carcinic... Say Car- it, Sarah. Carcinogenic. Carcinogenic compounds. <laughs> no. And it's it's not only in microwave food, but we're, we're mentioning that because if you microwave something, you're, you're dramatically increasing your cancer, 
chances of cancer or other diseases it's not it's not necessarily going to cause cancer it might be something else because these are toxins uh, so we recommend people don't use the microwave and and here there's even more though there's even more if you if you're not talking about the toxic effects the radioactive effects if you microwave something you neutralize its nutritional value if you're not eating organic if you're eating just stuff from the supermarket that's quote fresh produce but it's not organic it's already at roughly one-tenth the nutritional value that old-fashioned organic produce was at now you combine that with a microwave which will cut it you know to roughly another one-tenth then your food you're eating in a microwave is is empty calories you might as well be eating a snickers bar yeah, this has actually been proven time and time again. That they put these vegetables in, some of them they'll bake them, some of them they'll steam, and others that they'll microwave. And most of the nutrients are still there from those that have cooked. All of it is there from the steaming, and none of it is there from the microwave. It, it really is. It's almost nothing. You really might as well be eating a Snickers bar. It's empty calories. And, and because of that, the body doesn't get the nutrients and the nutrition it gets from microwaved foods. So what does it do? It gets hungry again. You get hungry rapidly afterwards because, you know, you're craving those nutrients that you're not getting. So what does your body do? It seeks more and more food. Microwaves are one of the issues with obesity now. Yes. It really is. It's a major factor, not to mention the diseases. And, of course, obesity on its own is enough to cause other diseases as well if you're not counting the benzene or the radiolytic compounds and so forth. Yeah, well, when you take in empty calories with no nutrition and then you get hungry and so you eat more and more, and all the time your body is starving for nutrients mm-hmm. that you're not getting. Of course, if, 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 if the more and more keeps going from the microwave, you're getting more and more benzene. Mm-hmm. You're <laughs> radioactive compounds. And toxins in themselves um, are hidden inside fat. And so, therefore, you know, it's just another way that obesity has become an epidemic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Recently, on our online forum, at the, you know, the Healthwise blog, or forum there, or the, also be found at our other Naturally Good Magazine so. dot com site. Somebody at the forum mentioned sun allergies, and that really caught our attention. Sun allergies, like, what's going on? Somebody's allergic to the sunlight, and so we we read the. The posting and did some research, and as we originally suspected, there really is no such thing as an allergy to the sun. I mean, you can get sun poisoned if you stay out long enough to where it starts breaking the skin down, you know, major, major burns. Mm-hmm. But there's not actually a sun allergy. The sun is not toxic in in reasonable, normal doses. Yeah. Anyway, she went to a doctor. Well, this this lady had a friend who went to the doctor. Mm-hmm. And this friend was told that it was a sun allergy because all they knew was that she went out in the sun, she broke out. So obviously the sun was the cause. They didn't do any deeper research than that and went into the usual treating the symptoms. And of course this meant, you know, all kinds of creams and salves and sunscreens to protect her from the bad sunlight as opposed to trying to figure out what's actually causing it. And you can be damn sure. It's not It's not the sunlight that's poisoning her. Yeah, and part of the solution was just to stay indoors. Stay indoors. That was a treatment, uh-huh. wasn't it? We came to find, no surprise here, that the so-called sun allergies or breakouts that happen due to sunlight are caused by a photosensitive effect, a, a photogenic effect with other chemicals. Yes. The chemicals react to the sunlight, not your skin, because you're, you're not allergic to it, not your immune system. But The chemicals. Huh? Yeah, they'll probably end up treating that with an immune suppressant, won't they, Sarah? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we weren't able to pin down the actual cause because we really don't know this person. What they take in. What they take in. We do know that most likely, and here's what's really sad, is it's caused by a pharmaceutical. 
At our farm, we put a whole list up for this person, describing the pharmaceuticals that are known to cause this. Yeah. Whereas the doctor never said that. The doctor never admitted, we're doing this to you. Yeah. And we're going to take responsibility for our actions and our mistakes. That that never happened. No. No, the sun is the problem. I and mean, it's like as crazy as, like, the oxygen being the problem. The oxygen being the problem. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, gosh, I'm not going there, Sarah. Anyway, it's a toxin problem. Inside a lot of sunscreens, now you'll see this more and more, if you look at the active ingredient on the label, you'll see something called oxybenzone. Mm-hmm. Now, we wrote about this in issue two of the magazine, I believe, an article about cosmetics. Oxybenzone is known to react with light. Yes. I'll just say that again. A sunscreen, or sunblock, that reacts with light and becomes poisonous to the point of changing the DNA structure. It is, like, incredibly toxic and dangerous. It's a known carcinogen. Of course. Of course. Uh, on all of these things. Uh-huh. No, no, it's the sunlight, Sarah. Uh. It's a carcinogen, not the sunscreen they're putting on. <laughs> that's what's causing all these different skin cancers, right? It's the sun. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what they've been saying for years now. They're, they're blaming the sun and telling people to put sunscreens on more and more when it's, in fact, the sunscreens... That are causing the skin cancers. With thousands of people dying each year from not having enough access and, to and the And the rates sun. just keep going up and they don't understand it, do they? Oh, it's incredible. It's kind of like marching for the cure. They're going to find it one of these days, aren't they, Sarah? They just keep on marching. They just keep marching and send the money. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a bunch of different chemicals that are in sunblock products which are hazardous, to say the least. Mm-hmm. And the most notable of those is oxybenzone, like I just said. And there's a bunch of others that I haven't mentioned. If I did, I wouldn't be able to pronounce. Don't forget zinc oxide. Yes. Zinc oxide is another one. And you can look that one up. It's also a carcinogen. Nothing new there. (laughs) Um, Now, there are some cases where you're on vacation or something, and you just can't avoid going out in the peak hours. And you can't avoid getting burnt without something. Yeah. It sucks. And so, if it were me, I would use a zinc oxide product above the other ones there are no natural alternatives known of, known right now other than just staying out during the peak hours and so that's the one that I would use because with our current diet and our healthy lifestyle we get plenty of exercise plenty of regular sunlight without sunblock there's like no chance of us getting cancer mm-hmm. it just won't happen mm-hmm. the right lifestyle it just yeah. doesn't happen and so while zinc oxide is toxic it is known to be my DNA will be intact yeah. And I'll use it during the peak hours, and that would be it, you know. Yeah, that way you're not likely to have any three-headed babies in the future. Exactly. Uh, and that's that's vital. It's protecting uh, our children and basically the future. The future nation. generations. Yeah. But zinc oxide, we're not saying it's safe. We're not saying we recommend it, but it is the lesser of the two evils. Yeah, if you have to go out there and choose a sunblock, I would choose one with that as the active ingredient. And you can go to a health food store and find one that has zinc oxide as the active Mm-hmm. And then try and get one that has the most natural inactive ingredients. Uh-huh. You know, minimize the toxins as much as you can. I mean, that's really mm-hmm. all you, all we can tell you to do. But of course, if you're a normal person mm-hmm. who's gets a reasonable amount of sun, who has a reasonable amount of tanning, there's no threat of extreme burning. Then just stop using this stuff altogether. You yeah. don't need it. Mm-hmm. You don't need it, and it's not saving you from cancer. It's what will cause you to get cancer. We'd only recommend sunscreen if there's a chance you'll get majorly burnt. Like, if you're not used to it, you go out, you, t- you go to the beach for a week. Yeah. Now, if you do actually get burnt, there are some natural solutions for that. 
Oh, yeah. Well, what we came up with is better than what you can get. It's better than the pharmaceuticals. Yes, it is. It's much better. I, I know this firsthand because I got burnt when we went to the beach last year, and it was really bad. The one thing that helped above anything was colloidal silver. Mm-hmm. We also combined that after it dried with a layer of thin layer of aloe vera, mm-hmm. all natural from our own plant. No, no, we actually took some with us, but that's another topic. Um, and then on top of that, what was aloe vera and um, so well, uh, an apple cider vinegar? Apple cider vinegar. That's right. It actually replenishes the skin's natural oils. It's protective acetic oils. Yes. And so again, that's colloidal silver, aloe vera, and apple cider vinegar. We recommend putting it on layers, like putting the silver on with a wet rag, letting it sink in, then doing the aloe vera, let it sink in, then doing the apple cider vinegar and letting it sink in. Yeah, the colloidal silver is probably the most well-known. I mean, it's actually used in burn scent silver is, because there is no pharmaceutical that works as well. It, it is silver. better than a steroid for a burn. Yes, it is. If you ever burn your tongue, put some colloidal silver in your mouth, swish it around for 10 minutes, and within 15 minutes... It's gone. It really doesn't matter how bad you burn your tongue. It, it, it will just erase it. Yeah, that, that really makes you a believer in colloidal silver when you burn your tongue and you put it in yeah. there. Yeah. Like pizza that's too hot or something. N- nothing else will do that to you. You know, to just, just cure it like there, that. There is no pharmaceutical that will uh-huh. do anything like that for you. So we're just telling you folks, you can either do it our way or you can hit your doctor and get something that's very expensive, less safe, and much, much less effective. Uh-huh. Yeah, I highly recommend you try it. Mm-hmm. If you do get burnt. I'd like to mention that we're currently seeking advertisers and we're offering rates that you wouldn't believe right now. So, you can contact us through our website at naturallygoodmagazine.com or by phone at 336-776-8853. Thanks. Okay, people. Recently, we stumbled across a lot of people who have allergy problems. Some of them were friends, some weren't, but in any case, allergies seem to be a major issue with an awful lot of people right now. And judging from the lifestyles, that doesn't really surprise me a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you some of what our research has uncovered about allergies and how to cure them, not not treat them, how to cure them permanently. Now, Thomas, you better watch out saying words like that. Think the FDA's coming? Could be. Yeah, have we, have we violated FDA law? Probably. Using the word cure? Mm-hmm. Anyway, we're going to go ahead with it, Sarah. All right. And take the risk. If there's not another show, it probably means we've either been caught or we're on the run <laughs> from the law. Yeah. FDA law. Yes. And by the way, before I get going, this is sort of a summary of our findings. You can find a, a lengthy article about allergies and I believe it's issue two. Or it was issue one. Issue yes. one, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Naturally Good Magazine. Look us up. You can read all the lengthy details there. Uh-huh. But for now, I'm going to tell you what you need to know. I'm going to start off by explaining what allergies really are. You know, you've got the version of reality you see on TV that you get from the media and the doctors. Well, we're, we're going to tell you about the truth. Firstly, what surprised us was we found out the truth by reading Kevin Trudeau's book. Natural cures they don't want you to know about. Uh-huh. Now, a lot of people make a big joke about Kevin Trudeau and his books, and admittedly, he has a little light on substance. But we do owe him a debt of getting the word out. Yes. You know, just, just for making alternative medicine a, a popular idea. Mm-hmm. We owe him that, even though he's light on substance. But one of the things he gave us was the topic of candida. 
which when we first read about Candida, we laughed and snickered about it. Um, we looked at it, we decided to go do further research on the net just in case, you know, there was something to it. We found out there really was something to it. In fact, not only did we learn lots of stuff from credible sources on the topic of Candida, but the medical establishment, if you dig, if you dig deep, the medical establishment has actually acknowledged it. Mm-hmm. That it's real, it exists. It's an actual medical issue with people. But you won't hear about it from your local doctor. It's like something they only discuss amongst themselves in the in crowd. They yeah. don't want. It's like they don't want us to know about it. Uh-huh. I guess because knowing about it, we could actually cure ourselves. Uh-huh. They don't have a pharmaceutical that can quickly cure it yet, or, or treat it perpetually. So, well, it, it's it's got to be perpetually treated. Uh-huh. You know that means maybe weaken it slightly without killing it. Well, we can just mask the symptoms work much better. Yeah, that's probably... Well, that, that is actually what they do. Uh-huh. That, that really is. They, they attack the symptoms. Anyway, what candida is, it's a type of yeast. A type of yeast that lives in the gastrointestinal tract. And as it's living and absorbing the nutrients that your body needs, it's also putting out waste, which get absorbed by the intestines, and put back into your blood supply. It's waste. That's really the, creepy sounding. That is disgusting. But it's what happens, and it's... It's the main cause of allergies. It has nothing to do with your mucous membranes or your lungs or your sinus. N- none of that. It's, it's, it's in your GI tract. Uh-huh. Anyway, folks, I'm going to just go ahead and read this summary information that we put together for you about it. Fact 1. The human body has both beneficial and harmful bacteria. There is a persistent war between the two in the gastrointestinal tract. The good guys are known as, quote, intestinal flora. And the bad guys are known as candida, or yeast. Remember, yeast infections. And there you go, folks. When the flora is numerous enough to keep the yeast, or candida type of yeast, in check, then we end up with fairly good health and excellent absorption of key food nutrients. Fact 2. The balance of power mentioned before is upset by a person's overall toxicity, which is affected by diet, body pH, medications, and especially sugar. And once this balance of power is off and the the yeast gets the upper hand, you have problems like allergies, for instance. Mm -hmm. Fact three, flora helps in the digestion process. So whenever flora is overwhelmed by yeast, the body is unable to absorb nutrients properly. This can cause health issues to snowball over time. The long-term results include fatigue, headache, Mood swings, depression, poor memory, lack of concentration, sweet cravings, carbohydrate cravings, and a further weakening of an already compromised immune system. Because this is the immune system of reacting when this stuff starts flooding the body. That's what your histamine reaction is. Well, a lot of these things, I think it's important to note that most people experience this stuff. This is normal. Headaches, mood swings, poor memory, lack of concentration... I mean, this is just stuff yeah. that people who... This is normal. Yeah. People don't know what it's like to feel good. Yeah. And I'm not exaggerating. We, we've we been doing this stuff long enough. People don't know what it feels like to feel really healthy. Yeah. To be full of energy. We, we know now. They, until they clean themselves up, they, they just don't know. It's like a child mm-hmm. who has a vision problem. He's lived with this vision problem all his life. So the vision that he has is normal for him 
Uh-huh. And he will never believe you if you tell him he has a problem. That, that's common when kids get their eyes checked. They're told that they're like halfway blind or something. The kid doesn't believe it. It's not until you put a pair of glasses on that kid and he can see and compare the before and the after, then he's a believer. Uh-huh. He knows what it's like to see. But it, it's like that with health. 99% of the people out there don't know what it's like to feel healthy. Yeah. They're so toxin-laden. It's really sad. It is sad. We go to Walmart, and we look so different compared to the other people there. It's like it's like we're entering some zombie movie mm-hmm. with the dark circles under people's eyes, the wrinkles. And we're talking 30-year-old people here with wrinkles all over their faces, the dark circles, people with hair falling out right and left, mm-hmm. you know, 40-year-olds graying up. People look sick. Yes. Yes, you know, they all look sick. They look so sick, you can't really judge people's ages anymore. Uh-huh. Because everybody looks somewhere between 10 and 20 years older than they really are. Yes. And we get mistaken for being younger. Sarah, people ask us about our teenage daughter, assuming she's 13 or 14. Mm-hmm. She's 18. Yeah. And people assume that I'm, you know, early 30s. Uh-huh. And I, I, I wish, I wish I was early 30s. It would be nice. Yeah. I mean, and then when we tell them, it's just the fact that we don't take growth hormones and these chemicals. They look at us like we're crazy, even though they look sick and old. Yeah, they, they still don't believe us. They, they, it's like they can't see what's in front of them in the mirror. Yeah. Kevin Trudeau, they went and wrote that book. Mm-hmm. You know how old he is, right, Sarah? I thought he was like 60, wasn't he? He's in his 60s. He looks like he's just turned 30. Uh-huh. Yeah. That is... Everybody should be like that. And you don't have to be vegan to do that. He's oh, not. Oh, no. Uh, I mean, people think that you have to be on this vegan diet it's to look young. Fanatical thing, yeah. And you don't. No, you don't. at all. You just have to avoid the toxins that are in you your food. J- you just have to eat food the way God made it. Yes. That, that's it. You, you have to eat God's goodness and stop this chemical crap. Anyway. Anyway, I'm going to move on, Sarah. We'll get uh-huh. back to the allergy facts before uh-huh. I get into actually telling people how to cure them. Uh-huh. And, and, folks, it's fairly easy. Um, here is fact four. Because sugar fuels candida, the people who eat a diet high in carbohydrates are most likely to experience allergies and immune system problems. The worst of the sugars are the white refined sugars, the ones which have been bleached and otherwise chemically bastardized, and the high fructose corn syrups. It is the sugar-loving yeast that is additionally the main cause of both dental cavities and bad breath. People with strong immune systems very rarely get cavities or bad breath. I'm going to move on to curing unless you have something to add, Sarah. Don't say curing too loudly, Thomas. Yes, I know. (laughs) We're probably already under surveillance, aren't we? Uh Uh-huh. Okay, here we go. First, and this has nothing to do with candida, it's just a good general rule. First, get a very good, high-quality anti-allergen air filter for your home. It's been found that indoor air is of lower quality than outdoor air. It's actually more polluted now, inside. Isn't that incredible? It is incredible. Again, that's your chemicals, mostly. You can also try and get a plant, by the way. Well, that helps, but you really need to filter it. Yeah, I was talking about, you know, in addition. Yeah, okay. Anyway, moving on to curing candida. Consume a tablespoon or two of organic yogurt several times a day. Yogurt has a beneficial flora already living inside it. So yogurt will give reinforcements to your body's naturally occurring flora. Just be sure you don't heat the yogurt up. Also avoid any yogurt with sugar added to it. All right. 
next step is eliminate all refined or chemically enhanced sugars. Sweeten with, if you need to use sugar, use evaporated cane juice. But avoid all so-called pure cane sugars, which really isn't pure. If it says pure on it, that sugar is not pure. It's not supposed to be bright white. It's not. There's nothing in nature that's bright white. Not rice, not flour, and certainly not sugar. Mm-hmm. If it's white, it's bad. Just remember, Whitey's keeping us down. That's how we remember it. Uh-huh. There is no, there is no bright snow white food in nature that I know of. Avoid high fructose corn syrup, and this is sort of a given here. Avoid all soft drinks. You know, you got your sodium benzene in soft drinks, which directly attacks the immune system and causes histamine reactions. You've got the fact that they change their pH to acetic. You've got the fact that they're full of sugars, and in particular, high fructose corn syrup, which is worse than normally chemically uh, engineered sugars. Uh, Enhanced. Enhanced, yes. So the quickest way to torpedo your progress overall is soft drinks. If there was any one thing we would recommend, you know, if if you were just going to listen to one thing we said, it's it's stop the soft drinks. They're the worst thing you can do to your body. Uh Avoid all beers as well. Beer has yeast in it. See, See something here? Yeast, folks. That's what you're trying to kill. Mm-hmm. So don't feed the yeast. Now, it's okay to drink some alcohol in moderation. Not, not, hev- not heavily. Mm-hmm. And, and certainly no beer at all. Sweeten with honey, because honey has naturally occurring antihistamines. We recommend you eat fresh, hopefully organic fruits, to curb sweet cravings. Feel free to drink fruit juice so long as it is purely fruit juice, and it's all natural. It's even okay to drink juice from concentrate. Be aware, though, that by drinking juice from concentrate, you're also getting, you might be getting what you get in tap water. Because uh-huh. a lot of times, well, I'm not going to say a lot, sometimes it's reconstituted with regular tap water from the city. Uh-huh. Eat plenty of proteins with an emphasis on white meats. And Now, in this category, white is okay, white meats. Well, it's not bright white, white no, meats. No, it's are. not, but you know, people yeah. know what we mean when we say white meat preferably organically raised, and you can also augment your diet with nuts and beans, which helps you get the essential proteins you need, which don't help candida, Uh but do help your flora. We recommend you take omega-3, which has powerful anti-inflammatory properties. We recommend getting it through flaxseed oil, which is safer than fish-derived omega-3, and it allows your body to produce the amount of omega-3 that it needs exactly. Whereas a fish oil, you might actually overdo it and upset the balance of omega-3 to omega-6 to omega-9 and so forth. With flaxseed oil, your body can produce the amount it needs to get the right ratio. And by using flaxseed instead of fish oil, you don't run the risk of, of impurities, heavy metal impurities like mercury being in it, uh-huh. which you could easily get in fish oil. They say they filter it and they test it, but, uh, you know, you can only trust them so much and they can only do so much. Is easier just to go ahead and go with the flax and just eliminate the risk. Mm-hmm. It's, it's much more intelligent. And it's, I would say flax is much more renewable than the fish are. Yes. We recommend that instead of getting it in bottles, which some people do, to get it in individual capsules, individual light-resistant capsules. They're usually really dark. And the reason being is because flax oil, like so many different oils out there, if exposed to heat, light, and oxygen, or in some cases, just light and oxygen is all it needs. The oil will become rancid and become cancerous itself, or a carcinogen yes. itself. 
So by keeping them in individual dark capsules, you, you're protecting them from air. Uh-huh. You know, whereas you got a bottle of it, every time you open the bottle, you're Expose you're it. cycling the air in it again. Uh-huh. And you're also exposing every bit of it to light every time as well, even even in the dark-colored bottles. And it's not always in dark bottles either, uh-huh. sadly enough. For maximum absorption of the omega-3 or flax oil, eat foods which are high in sulfur proteins alongside that supplementation. For instance, in the, in the Budwick anti-cancer diet, they combine flaxseed oil with cottage cheese. The cottage cheese is the carrier of the sulfur proteins. Yeah. You can also use yogurt, as mentioned above. Yogurt's excellent for providing sulfur proteins. Eggs as well. Eggs are good. In fact, the sulfur is what gives them the yellow color, I believe. In the uh-huh. case of eggs, yeah. just remember, folks, this stuff will work. This is not a treatment plan. This is a cure plan, and it will be cured. It will cure you. It'll make a believer out of you after a couple of weeks if you have severe allergies. I used to have them myself. I was once on the, the whole pharmaceutical treadmill myself, Okay. being treated with Allegra, Claritin, even um, Celadate, I believe it was called. From the 80s? From the 80s that was banned. Uh-huh. Seldane. Seldane was what it was. It was banned because it was killing people, of course. But I, I cured myself, and this is how I did it. You know, neither allergies nor sickness is a normal part of life, as we've been told. I mean, sure, we'll get sick once in a while. And and I really do mean that. Once in a while. Like, maybe once a year for uh-huh. us. The average person will get sick maybe once every month or two. They can go two months if they're lucky. Uh-huh. Right? Most people? Yes. We go maybe once a year. And, and that's not because our immune system got weak. That's because we got stupid. Yeah. I mean, sometimes we get stupid and lazy. We'll, like, go for a week and, and eat cake for a week. Okay? We admit we, we, we've done it before, Sarah. Mm-hmm. Let's just come clean about it. That's the one week out of the year. You get when, sick. When we get sick. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> but sickness is not normal. It's not supposed to be common. Neither is allergies. It should not be common or normal, and you shouldn't tolerate it. Yeah. And you certainly shouldn't get on the pharmaceutical treadmill for it, because that's not a solution. It's really sad that so many people think that this sort of lifestyle where they're constantly sick is normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they've just been told that, that they're supposed to get sick every now and again. That these pharmaceutical commercials, because everybody else is sick, and so that's really what they believe, and they've never known anything, anything different. Well, if you liked the show, and we both hope that you did, you can find more shows on our audio archive. You can visit our website. It's healthwise.org. Remember that wise is spelled W-Y-Z-E, which is to put emphasis on the wisdom. So again, that's healthwyze.org. On our tap menu, there's a link to the audio archive, and then you'll find all of our shows that you can listen to from start to finish. We have a lot of them. You can also visit our online store or donate. We certainly appreciate it whenever you can. And there are ways that you can support us without giving us any money. You can tell your friends and family about us. We don't have a marketing staff. We really do rely on you to spread the word. You can list us in your email signature so that there's a link to us on every email that you send. You can link to us on your website or your blog. You can sign up to our mailing list and you can start discussions there. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are a lot of different ways that you can help out. We send out an email whenever we put out an article or we publish a new show. So if you want to be updated, that's a good way to get updated. Also, if anybody needs us, if you need to speak to us about any health issue or anything else, you can always go to the Contact Us page on our website and you can send us an email or you can call us. We do actually answer the phone. People are really shocked when they find out that we do, but we are actually here. We're human. Well, I guess that's about it, Thomas. 
Toodaloo. Bye.